you know, I think whether you're flying an airplane or jumping out of an airplane or running a business, if you get to the point where you're cavalier about it, that's when that level of your responsibility sets in. Welcome to Access Points, the podcast where we discuss the tools, habits, and ideas that can help you achieve and maintain the leadership mindset so you can reach peak performance. Are you ready for your all-access pass to some of the top minds on the topic of leadership? Let's get started. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Access Points Podcast. Davin Marceau, the Chief Operating Officer with Access eForms. And I'm here today with our special guest again, Mr. Nate Cavender. How you doing, Nate? hey how How'd, uh, how'd that go with, with Tim before? I, I heard he kind of put you through the ringer. I think we had a good time. I mean, uh, my shoulders are a little tired, but we're good. You know, you just lived a day in the life of the Chief Operating Officer <laughs> for Access eForms. Tired shoulders, tired legs, tired mind, tired heart. <laughs> no, but I'm super glad to have you here today. And, and I, I'm, I'm sure you and Tim had an extensive conversation about leadership, aviation, things like that, right? Considering right. your background. Yeah. 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 Cool. How many years did you spend in the military, in the Air Force? I was active duty for eight and a half. You were active duty yeah. for eight and a half years and you used to fly those big old C-17s. Yeah. yeah. The Globemaster. Those, those things have a very special place in my heart. And, you know, our, our listeners, Nate, know that I spent... 16 years on active duty and I spent a lot of time in, in third range of battalion, some time in the reconnaissance world and then landed in the Texas army national guard on active duty for the last 10 in a reconnaissance company. And so I have a very near and dear place in my heart. I've got a little over a hundred and some exits, about half of those from a C-17. So wow. those, those things have a, have a special place in my heart and even more so after I became a jump master. It's amazing, and this is kind of what I want to key in today is, is the coordination that comes from you as a pilot and me as a jump master. And you're responsible for flying this aircraft. I'm responsible for putting guys out of the back of this aircraft. Mm -hmm. And you and I have never met each other. So I want to walk through the planning coordination aspect of it and then kind of tie into a little bit of correlation to business. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. Okay. So generally the way that it works, and I'm curious to get your take on this from the pilot and command side of things is, you know, for us, I spent some time in the S3 air, right? Really doing the, the planning and coordination for airborne operations. And we would have, we'd put a jump on the books. We're going to parachute out on the 5th of May, Cinco mm -hmm. de Mayo. And so about 90 days prior, we'd submit a planning packet up to higher. And in that planning packet would be a JAT. And it would be, you know, basically us requesting X amount of aircraft from, you know, whatever air wing happened to be supporting it. This is the type, this is, and this is how many that we need. Mm -hmm. So let's just say we needed two C-17s for a night airborne operation on May 5th. And we submit that packet up to hire, they approve it. And then as you get closer to it, the planning and coordinations get a little bit tighter, right? You got to file that notum, right? To make mm -hmm. sure that Tim doesn't come bombing across right. the, the drop yep. zone in his, in his conquest, right? Mess, messing up the airborne operation. And then about 72 hours prior to, we would get the, the cell phone number for the pilot in command. Mm -hmm. That happened to you a lot? Oh yeah. Whether it was a airdrop or yeah. even just a troop movement. Right. And so they'd be like, Marceau, you're the primary jump master for this thing. So at that point, I'm overall responsible for putting troops out of the back of that aircraft safely. And it was always a really cool transition point getting the number for that pilot in command. Because again, here we're getting ready to do this big airborne operation with a guy that I've never met, probably never meet him again in my life. Mm -hmm. But we get to work together to do something that's pretty cool and something right. that's extremely unnatural. So we'd get to the airfield, we'd get to the departure airfield and, you know, we'd start our basically jump timeline you know, we'd get our chutes ready. We'd get our kit ready. We'd get our door bundles ready, um, working with the parachute riggers. And then about what, Nate, about an hour before the exit time, here comes the C-17. 
And for us, it was always cool, right? We call it Ranger TV. Fire and airplanes are the two things that just <laughs> fascinate Rangers. I don't care how long you've been doing yeah, it. Right. Those two things are just cool as hell. And you stop what you're doing and you either watch the fire because you're cold or you watch this big old airplane come in. <laughs> and so the C-17 lands and it taxis and usually backs up and the ramp drops. And then as a Jumpmaster team, what we would do is we would go forward to do our final preparations and with the pilot in command, with the nav, if you guys had it, and with the Loadmaster team, mm -hmm. right? And the ramp would drop and here would come these, these fly boys. Here would come these aviators and their freaking sunglasses. Zipper, and, zipper suited sun gods. Yeah. Zipper suited. I've never heard that before, yeah. but I'm putting that one, I'm putting that one in there. And you know, aviator sunglasses, freaking hair for days, you know, flight suits, <laughs> just these, these guys for us were the epitome of cool. They, you guys really were because we, again, you're like, you're, you're making something fly. Like I could barely get my Joes to tie down their weapon the right way. Right. <laughs> and yet these dudes are making aircraft fly through the air. And, you know, we'd meet these guys for the first time and really go through some really cool planning, right? We'd go through drop heading, we'd go through drop altitude, we'd go through, you know, the release point, you know, for the most part it was carp, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and again, that was always something that was fascinating to me because it was, you guys plug numbers into an airplane, all of a sudden the light pops on and, and out you pop and hopefully we land on the drop zone, right? right? Yeah, and we'd go through this, this real tight confirmation and then you guys would confirm with us, we'd confirm with you, and then that would be it. And then it was time to jump. So give me a little bit of take from your perspective, from your angle, and we'll move forward from there. On basically the interaction between the pilot and the jump master. Well, I think for me, just interacting with my load master, right? Because once the jump master came onto the aircraft, you know, made sure our plans all matched up, I was pretty much worried about getting us to the drop zone at the right time, right? Uh, or getting us where we needed to go on, on time. And the loadmaster who, in my mind, he was the man in the back, right? So I was worried about the front of the airplane. He was worried about the back of the airplane, as you, as you talked about. And so he was kind of my liaison, usually with the jump master on, hey, are things going right? Are we good? And I would let him tell me what he thought I should do when it came to the back of the aircraft. Okay, we're, let's, we're going to stop there. And I don't know if Steven needs to cut this out, but you need to go back and talk about how impressed you were with us oh, okay. as, as, right. as jump masters and as rangers and about how you saw us, you saw us as muscled up. I, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to think of something, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so you, you can start there and then, and then we'll go forward again. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's really the correlation that we're talking to with business and life, right? Is that yeah. the trust and the coordination that you have to have with your counterparts, be it whether it's the front of the aircraft to your loadmaster or the loadmaster to to the army guy who's going to be jumping out of the back. There's really a beautiful kind of symphony that has to happen there. Because again, I was always blown away by how you guys did what you did. Right. And I didn't know how it happened, but I just had to trust that we had done the coordinations enough and we'd done our practice enough. And we finalized that and, and just let you guys do your job. Yeah. I, I always felt a little bit nervous that that we were doing our job correctly. Um, just in the fact that, like you said, there are guys going out of your airplane and you want to make sure they're, they're going to the right place. But I always had that reassurance from the back end where as the, the low master was talking you to you, the jump master saying, yeah, this is it. We're, we're, everything's good to go. And so I always felt super confident once I got, Hey, from the load master, things look good. I never even thought twice about what we were doing. It was all about that trust. Absolutely. And it makes me happy and it reassures me as your customer in the back of that airplane that you had that sense of responsibility and accountability enough to make you nervous. You know, I think whether you're flying an airplane or jumping out of an airplane or running a business, if you get to the point where you're cavalier about it, right. that's when that level of your responsibility sets in. Right. Mm -hmm. So it actually makes me happy that you were a little bit nervous about it. Because again, you know, for us, 
it's it's a life and death situation. And for me in the back of that aircraft, I trusted that you guys had that the loadmasters had rigged it properly, that those anchor line cables were secure, that the door had been taped, oh. that, that, that everything was there, right? Because that level of responsibility is 100% on me as a jump master. If I have a guy get injured or even worse killed, I'm the first one that they're turning and looking mm -hmm. at. And there's so much prior to that arrival at the departure airfield that's out of my control. But right. I also saw you guys as a consummate professional. And I knew that we would go through our checks, but ultimately I had to trust that you guys knew your aircraft, that you guys knew how to do your job. So in turn, I could do my job more effectively. Yeah, there was uh, several times where I would come onto the aircraft and see a really heavy object, whether it was, you know, a vehicle or some sort of, you know, uh, weapon of some sort that we were strapped down. And I would think to my head, I really hope that the loadmaster has that thing strapped correctly, because if that thing breaks loose, there's nothing I can do up there that will save any of our lives because that thing is going to weigh us down all the way to the back and there's no controlling. So I know exactly what you mean. I, w I had to fully always trust. I mean, I would look at it and if, it, you know, it, it passed the sniff test, I just had to trust the loadmaster. He knew what he was doing. Absolutely. And again, how true is that with business too, right? Oh, yeah. Whether you're the sales guy, you've worked your butt off to get to the point of closing the deal. You can't see it through to implementation. You can't see it through to customer support. You have to trust and stay involved in it, but still give the, that level of trust and communication and coordination with the operations team, with the support team, that they're going to take that sale that you work so hard for, see it from revenue to a person, and continue to keep that customer happy to perpetuity. That's, again, that beautiful symphony in business, just like it's that beautiful symphony inside the aircraft. No doubt. Awesome. Yep. And I just want to do that quick hitter. I think that's a really good place to stop with this. I think this is something you and I could probably yeah. sit and talk, yeah, talk about forever, for man. But I appreciate what you did in the Air Force. I appreciate your service. I appreciate it. Who knows? We may, may have even yeah. crossed paths one day for, and thank you for being the, what was it again? What did you call yourself? The oh, zipper suited sun god. The zipper suited sun god. <laughs> this, so, all right, Nate, I appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for your service too. All right. Thanks. And for our listeners, you know, again, we're always looking for feedback on this podcast hit the subscribe button, give us some critical feedback, how we can make this thing better. Go to our website at accessefm.com. Check us out there. Find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. Give us a like, give us a tweet, give us a thumbs up and appreciate you guys listening.